Hey everyone, it's me, Brad Watson from Saturate, coming at you from my basement in my house, just like you, experiencing the ups and the downs, often many downs of the current state of our world. I want to share this podcast conversation I had with my good friend Dawson Jones. He'll share a little bit more about himself, but Dawson has been a disciple and made disciples all over the world, and he is currently in Tacoma, Washington, and uh, we have a really good conversation about being present in the moment. Uh, We recorded this on Tuesday, March 24th in the afternoon, and so uh, as you listen to this, things might have changed, but we hope that and we believe that that what we talk about here is uh, fundamentally important as we process the situation and the crisis that it is. Uh, Just know that we as a Saturate are praying for you. We've got some new blog posts up on our website. Uh, We've also been formulating a page on our website that will give you uh, resources that we feel are our best resources for this moment uh, to help you as you decentralize discipleship, maybe more than you ever have before, uh, resources to help you care for your children, uh, disciple your children as you have this newfound opportunity to do so. Uh, we also have uh, several other resources that we've we've used a ton in the past that we just think are, are still really relevant, uh, even in these moments, particularly around gospel fluency. So hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening in. Uh, you'll probably hear my children stomping above me a few times during this episode, but thanks for your patience and your grace. We're all extending it to each other. This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing and living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. Hey, welcome to the Saturate Podcast. Got my friend Dawson Jones with me today. And uh, we're going to be talking about the gospel and its implications uh, in this moment, like right right now in this week, the implications of the gospel in this moment uh, as we globally deal with a pandemic. Uh, Dawson, thanks for for joining me today. Hey, it's good to be with you, Brad. Same time zone. I know. Awesome. It is. It's really good. And uh, we've been friends for a long time, which is kind of cool to say. Yeah. Uh, maybe tell us about a little bit about yourself so so people, our listeners, can get to know you. Yeah. Well, I uh, have three women in my life. One is my wife, Laurel. And I have two daughters and a little man named Augustine, our baby. And last three years, uh, we've been living in Slovakia, country in Eastern Europe, where God's called us to live on mission and also lead a shepherd a church there. But then uh, you, unexpectedly and uniquely, we are in the city of Tacoma serving Soma after the lead visionary elder, my really good friend and mentor, Randy, committed suicide in November. And so we've been here for a few months and we're pulled into a, an external elder role in this interim season. And I'm the only external elder on the ground, um, but with a church that, goodness, we really, really love. It mm-hmm. feels like home. And uh, and I'll probably talk more about what's going on here, but that's where we are right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And how's your quarantine life going? How's your quarantine? Uh, <laughs> well... <laughs> We're living in the basement of um, Elisa Sheets's house, uh, Randy's widow. She asked us to stay with her. And so we had seven kids, which was already crazy. And, you know, like, couldn't really think of how it could get crazier until there's a worldwide pandemic and they tell you to all stay home and Mm. don't go outside. So that's been super fun. Um, (laughs) And uh, our kids are kind of the same age. And uh, I... uh, Oh my goodness. Like a couple of days ago, I think it was, there was a earthquake in Croatia and mm. uh, Slovenia. And I was just, I was telling Laurel, like, goodness, like I can't imagine earthquake mm-hmm. in the middle of a pandemic. 
And then yesterday, and I don't mean to compare, uh, compare this to an earthquake because that's, it's totally not comparable. But yesterday I come home from uh, the office in our truck that we had borrowed, mm. a nice truck <laughs> that we had uh, loaned from some good friends here was gone. So our truck got stolen yesterday. So it's been quite an interesting oh season and week. Yes. But um, yes. yeah, so if you're in Tacoma and you see a, a Honda Ridgeline, call me. <laughs> we are looking for it. You're looking for it. Yeah. How, how are the Watsons? How, how's the quarantine in LA? Similarly, we had someone steal a package from our front door. Oh. And they, what the person stole was our bidet. We had bought a bidet oh. because of the toilet paper shortage. And my yeah. wife and I grew up in Europe. So we're like, we know how to use these things. We're not weirded out. That's awesome. And I can't imagine like this guy who like, yeah, my neighbor saw it all and he is explaining it. It's like, yeah, it's probably like some like, you know, low level gang thing. Yeah. Because we live in like uh, South L.A. And uh, and he's like, I can't imagine what because we had a good chat about it over email. And yeah. uh, he's like, oh, man, their face when they see that bidet is going to be so great. That is classic. Oh, my goodness. That is yeah. a that's a COVID-19 story you will tell for a long time. It will be. That yeah, time you couldn't great. get toilet paper and someone stole your bidet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say overall, you know, the. The quarantine has been really good for my family. Uh, and this, we've been um, for 13 days pretty kind of shut off. And yeah. And it's actually been pretty, pretty good and like even healing for our family. We've been really mm-hmm. busy for a long time. Yeah. And that part of it has been really good. I have no idea what the, the future is going to hold, but, but so far, yeah. Um, it's been kind of a, a strange, sweet time that, that I'm sure, yeah. It'll there'll be many COVID stories hmm. that we get to share. Yeah, that's good to hear, man. And then, uh, yeah, as we as we record this, uh, there's yeah, our our country's uh, experiencing more and more of the the exponential growth of this virus. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think there's been it seems at least to me in the beginning there's this huge tendency even for the church to be like, all right, like let's figure out how to do virtual things and like create a whole bunch of, uh, of new things to do. Um, and a lot of, I, I just, as an observer, just, I just observed a ton of like activity Mm -hmm. and a lot of even running and even saw so many, like, I mean, I know everyone experienced this, but like every company organization, every restaurant you've ever been to is like sending you there. Like, this is our Corona response. Yeah. Love us. I didn't even even know I was on the Cracker Barrel email list, but thank you. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, Taco Bell. I didn't realize I gave him my email at one point, but yeah. No, I totally, I, I agree. It's funny because you asked me to write a a article for a Mm -hmm. saturate uh, website, which I did. And then I told you later, I said, it's not the right article. (laughs) It's, it doesn't feel right because it was about, kind of trying to put our finger on what's going on or even what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think as leaders, we, we do need to constantly be paying attention, but it might be too, um, premature. We just, we don't know. We haven't done this yeah. before. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think you're right. Yeah. That, and we're not experts on, on pandemics or even the church and pandemics and, uh, but but it is like a it's an interesting time to to be alive and and to be following Jesus. I, I think even yeah, particularly in the United States where things t- tend to generally always be going up and to the right. You know, like things generally get better. You know, each generation, each year is a little bit more exciting than the last. Or yeah. there's a uh, we also live in a looking forward to culture, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, I'm looking forward to summer to spring break to, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it just feels like everything has come to a halt with all of those things. Yeah. And both the the economic fallout, the healthcare system fallout of all mm-hmm. of this, it, it, it just kind of awakens us at least to a reality of, yeah, we're not in control and yeah, yeah. Our, our lives are not, are not really in our hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
which I think is an interesting place to be a pastor or a leader or missional community leader or someone who just cares for others uh, in this time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and I have talked a lot about, you know, comparing pastoring or leading as a missional community leader to gardening just because it Mm -hmm. does, it does um, capture that like lack of control. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet this, this really confronts us with whether we believe that and whether we are, how, how do we deal with that? Like our, the illusion of control is absolutely taken away and, mm-hmm. and not just for us, but for, for everyone, like it's everyone's experience in that at the, uh, someone said it's a equal opportunity to disease. <laughs> like everyone's, yeah. everyone's experiencing it. Yeah. Yeah. And what a time where, yeah, I mean, you might have to go all the way back to the flood where all peoples all over the world experience the same thing in the same moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. even in the, the plagues in the past, because of transportation back then, uh, it wasn't just so simultaneous that we're experiencing it now. It wasn't as yeah. global, which is kind of a, kind of a paradox that our, that the globalization that really is causing this to spread so rapidly is also the thing that's allowing us to experience it in sync. It's just a unique mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So good. And so in today's yeah episode or this conversation, we just want to talk about uh, what Jesus is doing right now. Uh, there's a tendency to try to get ahead of it. And like you said, Dawson, like as leaders, like we do need to be thinking strategically and even planning out uh, how do we care for people over the course of a year not just in, in like this moment, daily moment, but I think for, for disciples and, and even for pastors, it's easy to do the future because the future feels is, is a place where we don't have to be anxious mm-hmm. um, or the future is a place where we get to be super, super anxious. Mm-hmm. But God, even through the whole of scripture, the spirit speaks to us today, doesn't speak to us in the future. If that makes sense, you know, no, like it's always present. It's always present. It's always now it's always here. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we just want to spend some time asking some questions, talking together about uh, what Jesus is teaching us right now. Where do we see the spirit working in the church right now? Uh, yeah. What's important right now? So, yeah. Sounds yeah, good. Up for that. Let's do it, let's, man. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm up for it. You're up for it. Good. So, Dawson, uh, I'll let you go first. You're okay. the guest. All right. Uh, What's Jesus teaching teaching you right now as as you enter this moment? Teaching me, uh, teaching Laurel and me, um, teaching our household, which involves Lisa. Like I said, I think I think uh, you, you know, in these moments, we try to. It's it's helpful to find our story that's not making sense to kind of latch that on to the biblical story and, and the larger narrative of where have we seen this before? We just say we haven't, but, but does the Bible speak to this? And I think something that has really resonated with me is, is this um, uh, reality that to some degree, it, this feels like an exile, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it, it feels like we're not where we want to be, you know, we're not where we're not mm-hmm. home. Uh, I found a, a, a Eugene Peterson um, definition that uses that kind of language. Where he says the essential meaning of exile is that we are where we don't want to be. We're separated from home. It's an experience mm. of dislocation where everything's mm. out of joint. Nothing fits together. And mm. I think that's that's what we're all experiencing right now. But I also say that because I think it's been – in, a, in an interesting way, it's been a theme for our f- family for a, a longer time as we moved overseas. Mm-hmm. And my wife was in a place very foreign to her. So that was already mm-hmm. something that, that, was, that was helpful for us. Um, what does it look like to live in exile? Um, but then more recently and more probably potently, the church here in Tacoma was in that situation where mm-hmm. their leader passed away and and even the way he did yeah. it was it was hard in it and um we yeah. feel dislocated and so the asking what does it look like to live faithfully in exile 
might mm-hmm. be the right question, but it's still a hard question. Does that resonate mm-hmm. with you at all? You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, Exile. absolutely. Exile. Yeah. And that book, uh, running with horses is, yeah. uh, by Eugene Peterson is one of the best. Yeah. Talking about Jeremiah. Yeah. Jeremiah yeah. exile. Um, and, and even, um, I mean, <laughs> part of our daily routine as a family right now is to spend an hour doing gardening time. Mm-hmm. And Mirella and I have thought, I mean, the joy that we get afterwards and during the moment, but it does, it does call back to that classic Jeremiah exile passage of like plant gardens, build homes. Yeah. And I think, yeah, one of the things Jesus, I believe, is teaching so many of us right now is like, be in this moment. Yeah. Don't just try to like get through it as fast as possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, which is a, such a big tendency of our culture of like, well, let's just get past this as yeah. fast as we humanly can. And let's numb ourselves until we get to the other side. Yeah. And I mean, that's yeah. like, I already confessed, like that's, that was the, the my first, like, you know, response is like, okay, where is this going to take us? And we, mm-hmm. don't, we don't know. And I, yeah, the, I, I thought two things, like when you look at exile, um, that dislocation biblically is, is, um, and one you mentioned, mm-hmm. but before that, the, the first thing is that people cry out. Mm-hmm. People just, they pray, but pray is not even mm-hmm. a strong enough word. It's a, it's a crying out. It's an, it's a, yeah. it's a calling after God. That's the first thing. And then it is, what does it mean to be faithful now mm-hmm. to build homes, Absolutely. to plant gardens, to not, um, not just be looking, like you said, we, we're always obedient to the spirit in the present tense. And so we're going to miss something if we're just waiting and, and, and trying to prophetically speak towards the, the future. Right. And, absolutely. And so I think, you know, back to our story, the, the, the last three years in Slovakia have been incredible. We've learned more about ourselves and about God than mm. ever before. But um, my, my wife, Laurel has, has taught me so much about what does it look like to suffer? Well, that became her, hmm. her, her kind of theme as uh, is, is, and she kept bringing me to Hebrews 12 saying, mm. we have a father who, who really loves us. And he, she uses the word discipline, which the writer of the Hebrews were uses. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to compare this moment to, um, I'm not saying this moment is the discipline. I think this is, mm-hmm. this is an evil moment, but God does have a tendency to hijack what mm-hmm. is wrong and mm-hmm. undo it for its purposes. And I don't think that's me speaking towards like what's going to happen. It's like, that right. is what he's doing now. Like he will oh, always do that right now. Um, and so even, you know, as we, we have a weekly zoom call with all of our missional community leaders in the evening, it's not a training, it's just like a check-in and um, hmm. a constant kind of theme is with the last few months before COVID-19 Soma Tacoma was in a place where it was just absolutely recognizing its, its neediness, her neediness. Mm-hmm. And there was a crying out. And in some ways I, I was maybe a month and a half ago and um, I was preparing to preach and I um, came across a definition of uh, revival, like mm-hmm. what, um, we, we tend to think revival is this crazy moment where all sorts of crazy things are happening, but, um, but, uh, and that, and that sometimes happens, but revival really, uh, a definition that, um, that some reformers gave it, uh, was that the normal activity of the Holy spirit mm-hmm. is intensified the normal mm-hmm. activity of the Holy spirit. And I thought, well, goodness, that sounds like a good definition to me. And that mm-hmm. sure doesn't look like what's happening right now. And it's right. because we're all um, feeling very needy. Mm-hmm. And, and then a couple of weeks ago, when I was, I was with our uh, people, there was this like refrain of like, we don't want to leave this needy place. We've been in mm-hmm. such a needy place. Let's not <laughs> get back <laughs> to the comfortable. Like it's been so mm-hmm. sweet. 
And then it's almost like we laughed on, you know, whatever it was, March 10, 11, 12, 13, not because we weren't aware of the gravity yeah. of the situation, but it's like, well, I guess this is a way to keep us needy. Yeah. And, uh, and we still, it's like from exile to exile, you know? So absolutely. That's so true. And honestly, it's, uh, I've just been realizing that the, the texture of the scriptures is in is chaos and suffering and pain Mm -hmm. and i think that we've often for many of us the scriptures are are hard to connect to Mm. because it's like what are all these pages about weeping and sadness and confusion and even you know like in the recent years this ramping up of like lint and trying to be like let's really get in touch with it but Mm -hmm. but if i'm super honest there's there's often this like falsity there because underneath it all it's like well there's still lots of things that i have that i can accomplish you know like yeah i don't know it's like i gave up social media so i could find out my need for jesus Mm -hmm. but it's but the the texture of the scriptures is so much more like no, we, we just like desperately have to cling to Jesus. Yeah. Honestly, uh, the last, the last several months have been very hard for me just personally, Mm. even, yeah. Like sometimes, you know, that, that look where you're talking to your counselor about what you've gone through and they're looking at you like, Oh my God, how (laughs) this is really bad. (laughs) Like this is is really bad. Yeah. Mm. And, um, and 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 he he's encouraged me to to read lamentations to to yeah. understand that like I'm just in a season of lament and yeah and and I and I just really I struggled to like even put my my finger on what all of that was about and mm. and I've been reading this book um, by Michael Card Sacred Sorrow which is mm. is super good I think especially. Uh, a few months after grief or something like that or something hard that you're going through or struggle. I think it's, it comes in really good there. It's not like a good, like immediate grief book. (laughs) I don't know, but it's beautifully written. But one of the things he talks about the Exodus and how, and similar to the exile, but like God hears the cries, he sees them, he remembers them. And then one of the things he talks about that's so bizarre is he what God does is he goes to Pharaoh. He sends Moses to Pharaoh to ask that they could be redeemed out of slavery to go into the wilderness so that they could worship. Hmm. And, and that, that, like, that's what God was after was I want to take you out of this slavery. that's really brutal. Yeah. And that's, that's killing you, which to me, it kind of, I mean, just personalizing it. It's like, yeah some of the bondage that I've put myself in of like, I've just got to work. I've just got to hustle. I've got to make the kingdom of God. I've got to take on other people's desires. I got to be the buffer of relationships. I've got to, you know, all of this stuff. I've just got to keep plowing through. And it's like, no, I want to redeem you from that. Yeah. And I'm going to put you in the wilderness. Like not, he doesn't say I'm going to take you to the Holy land. It's like, I'm going to take you to the desert. Mm -hmm. And then Michael card says something that's just really great is that all praise begins in the desert yeah there is there's no praise that that begins outside of the desert and so i just i feel like that's something that that god is teaching at least me and my wife and i think others yeah no i mean i i resonate with so much i was this morning i was thinking about that in terms of like you know that longing to get out of the wilderness Mm-hmm. potentially actually might be a longing to go back to Egypt almost like, yeah. like that's, that's what there that happens. You know, that moment, moment where Moses is told to strike the rock and water comes out. Like it's because totally. they're asking, they want to go back and um, mm. we don't know. Yeah. This, the wilderness is, yeah. I, I, I just identify, I identify it. This is interesting because like, I don't just identify that sounds right. Like from, from the book you just quoted, it's like, that is what (laughs) I have been experiencing the last four months where I've Mm -hmm. starting with the suicide of my, my friend. Like I've never Mm -hmm. known that kind of intimacy. And, um, yeah, absolutely. And Psalm, you know, Psalm one, 
being like blessed is the one not, it's not about circumstances in the sense of uh, it's about delighting in the law or the way of the Lord Mm -hmm. planted in streams of water, even if you're in the the desert. And I think maybe Mm -hmm. a a question I've been asking is like, is this a season where Mm. we can, where we can flourish? And yeah, of course the answer is, is yes. Yeah. And so, yeah. What does that even look like? Oh yeah. It's so, so good because you can even, in both the Exodus and the exile in the Exodus, you see that people, they actually flourish in the desert mm-hmm. in a way that they, they kind of just barely get glimpses of mm-hmm. in the, in the land. Yeah. And then in exile, after it's all done, they, they actually have a hard time getting people to come back from exile. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. which, which honestly then in the future kind of sets up the like rapid expansion of the church. Yeah, because you had these people that were exiled. They're like, no, no, I'm staying. I planted my garden. I've built my house. I've, you know, I'm. We're created a synagogue, and and we're moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also think that, and this is just me and my own personal baggage, but I think there's a. I've also in this season have never resonated more with Aaron, who builds the golden calf, than I do right now. Like. <laughs> Because the daily temptation for me as like a leader is to build a golden calf for people so they can see and feel comforted, you know, because the people are just scared. Yeah. Like, where did Moses go? What's happening? You know, I don't really know what to do. And Aaron's just inclination is like, well, I'll make this thing that you can look at and then you won't be scared anymore. You know, like, I'll make a video for you and then you won't be scared anymore. Yeah. I'll send you an email and then you won't be scared anymore. Hey, like, careful, careful. just look at me. Hitting close to home. I've, I know. I'm doing, you don't know. I make good videos, buddy. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you do. Yeah. I do too. I think they're great uh, until my wife watches them and she's like, you know, is that your preacher voice? Well, that's been, no, that, I just, I think that's a, that's a huge temptation for, for yeah. us as people. It's yeah. like, Oh, give us the golden calf. So we don't have to be afraid anymore Yeah, or that, to be the person that makes it. Yeah. That's so good. I think even like, I mean, we, you know, we're starting personal. I, I want to just zoom way out and then we can get back to like, maybe probably the next yeah. question of the church, but like, the golden calf thing. It's so interesting how the conversation the last few days and what's today, just for context, March 24 has turned from, you know, we need to love our elderly neighbors to wait a second, like our economy is going to collapse. It's like this different calf (laughs) has been like very quickly (laughs) built and presented to everyone. It's, it's interesting. I mean, like suddenly like, it's like, okay, is every, is it going to collapse? Um, Mm -hmm. and I was, I came across, uh, my, my youngest son is named Augustine, not Augustine, but Augustine. And, uh, I was reading, (laughs) you know, he has city of God. He's writing to a context where people think that Rome's collapsing and everyone's Mm -hmm. like, like, Oh no, I, I I made the joke to some of our friends, like, let's make Rome great again. It's kind of the campaign Mm -hmm. right there. It's like, what's, what's happening. And then Augustine says, He's, he's, he writes this line, uh, Rome has collapsed and your hearts are outraged by this. But Rome was mm. built by men like yourself. Since when did you believe that men had the power to build things that are eternal? He's mm. like, he's like, calm down. <laughs> your soul is filled mm. with the light of the Holy Spirit will not perish. I think that, yeah, I, I, I mean, I appreciate your vulnerability because I, that, definitely like I already admitted exposes my own calves, but it's like the calves, the personal golden calves, Mm. the churches in our, in our nations are being Mm -hmm. exposed. Oh, it's such a, such a deep level. Um, even the, the oddness of Amazon prime becoming four day shipping, seven day shipping. I saw some stuff today four week shipping and you just go into the shock of like, (laughs) <laughs> What's happening, oh Lord? Uh, <laughs> which is it's almost embarrassing that it is that, embarrassing. Yeah, totally. And I think, yeah, and and how quickly, yeah, we went from everyone needs to stay inside so we can love each other to maybe we should let two percent of our population die yeah. so we can have a better 
economy. A better shipping date for Amazon Prime. Yeah. Which I guess both of those topics do help us zoom out uh, to the next question of where do we see the spirit working in the church today? Man, well, I don't know. It's it's interesting. We were we were in uh, our church. We were in the Book of Philippians. The last uh, oh, it's been a while. I mean, couple couple months. And uh, before COVID stuff er, took off, erupted, uh, we were in the fourth chapter and famous verses of not being anxious, you know, about anything. And uh, it's interesting in that verse, in those verses, four, five, six, seven, the connection between the presence of God and, and um, not being anxious. It, it goes, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Hmm. And then, but in everything by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And we were just talking as a church about how does that work? You know, how does it work that God's presence relieves us from anxiety? We live in a, we already lived in a very anxious world. Mm-hmm. Mark's, Mark Sayers, Australian genius talks about, <laughs> you know, ambient anxiety and that we're like this digital nervous system these days where you experience the trauma. Like I even talked about the beginning of earthquakes in Croatia that we just never would have experienced you know, a few decades yeah. ago. And as we're talking about this, I don't know if you've read anything um, by Edwin uh, Freeman. Uh, he wrote a book, Failure and Nerve. He's a, this rabbi. He passed away a while ago. But Duke Rivard, the director of our family of churches, gave me this book a few years ago. And Edwin Freeman, he already had his finger on the reality that we're living in this ever-increasingly anxious world. And that we are craving, we need a non-anxious mm. presence. And um, he he started like he was like a family therapist, mm. and he uh, he realized, you know, he basically saw that humans don't really act as like individuals, but more like in like these systems. And so he was like studying family therapy and family systems therapy. And what he found is that when you when you have an unhealthy family and an anxious family, he found that it wasn't like necessarily always the best idea just to go to the head of head of the family and work with them. What he found was the the best strategy was to go to the person who had the most potential to be a healthy perspective, like a a bold peacemaker. And it could be like a 14 year old girl, a daughter who Hmm. was able to be a non-anxious presence in that family. And that that Hmm. was the thing that was going to turn it upside down from within. And he also talks about like just that, you know, we we have this tendency to acclimate to the emotional unhealth that's in the room. You know, we just kind mm-hmm. of we just kind of go there. But a mm-hmm. non-anxious presence, like a a mature presence, is someone who who is able to be present, like fully with people, but without stooping to like the emotional unhealth that's around mm-hmm. them. And so mm-hmm. we are having like this conversation really in the context of Philippians four, where it says the Lord is at hand. And, and obviously the, the most vivid picture of a non-anxious presence is Jesus who enters into an anxious Mm -hmm. world and, and Mm -hmm. non-anxiously takes the cross. I mean, that martyrdom, you know, being able to, to die uh, for mm-hmm. us, but then in that securing that we can be a non-anxious presence. So we were having this conversation in, in light of our situation before. And then, like I said, we kind of went from crisis to crisis mm-hmm. and that has been like, like if you would ask, I think if you would ask people right now, what does it mean for us to be the church in Tacoma right now, COVID-19, a lot of us would just say we, we need to bring the non-anxious presence of Christ into mm into our city. And I, and I think, you know, that is actually what allows us to, it's not that we're skewing reality. It's not that we're not fearful of a deadly virus. We actually should be, you know, Hmm. but it's the non-anxiousness of the gospel that allows us Hmm. to look at reality, like dead in the eye and protect people and, and be, and be wise Mm. But that non-anxious presence itself is a testimony yeah. of of the gospel. Like that is a supernatural 
response. So I think that's mm. where our church is at right now. Um, and, and again, it's just the kindness of, of God because, um, because we were already kind of there and yeah. uh, we were, are just continuing into this moment. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. And it's so true. Yeah. And I think on that even kind of similar note, I think in our body, trying to do the math a little bit, it was about three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks before our lockdown, a, a child in our church actually passed away. Yeah. And our church became, and, and we had been building towards some like emotional, spiritual health, you know, within mm. our body. Yeah. And that was almost like a moment for us to like genuinely put it on display what was beneath the surface, you know, and like as a church to genuinely grieve yeah. without quick answers. And I think this is something that the, the church in America is learning, mm-hmm. not just ours, but like the, what we describe or think of as negative emotions, which National Geographic did a whole issue on emotions and they categorize them as negative too, but like mm-hmm. sadness, right. frustration, anger, you know, grief. Yeah. These are, these are negative emotions. We think um, fear, uh, but now it seems like what the spirit is doing is teaching us to like, not just pay attention to those emotions so we can tell each other to stop, you know, mm. like stop being afraid. It's just a virus mm. or stop being anxious. It's just a thing. But to recognize that like those emotions are revealing to us like a need yes. um, that we have, like a, just a big need, like yeah. the fear that we have exposes that we're not in control. Mm-hmm. The fear exposes that like the earth turns and shifts and moves and the stars come up at night and we have no power over that or tiny, tiny microbes, you know, like, and that, that fear, like, you know, to use Proverbs language, like leads us to trust and wisdom in God. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and I think to even your point, I think that's, that's even the path towards not being an anxious presence, right? It's like, yeah. And, and yeah, we often want to be a prophetic voice, right? Like the church being prophetic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it seems like one of the most thing, one of the things that the prophets do more than anything is lament over the, dis- the destructions. They describe reality. Yeah. And just say like, this <laughs> yeah. is really sad. Yeah. This is really hard. Yeah. It's just our tendency. We want to stop emotions um, we want to stop people from having emotions. And I think, I mean, one of the best things we can do in this time is, is to let people have their emotions about this and to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, I mean, that's a huge part of where I've been this last year is just recognizing that that's even where true gladness comes from mm-hmm. is bringing mm-hmm. all of my, um, myself to the mm-hmm. father not yeah. trying to filter through what is worthy of bringing to him because it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's a ridiculous thing. Uh, but to bring, bring who I am and the emotions that I have to him and allow him to meet me where I'm at. Like that's, yeah. that's the only way he meets us. He always meets us where we're at, but we, um, I am uncomfortable with that, but he is, uh, yeah. he is not. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Yeah. And that, like, um, that the church, like, I, I think it's, it's just an interesting time for us because we can't see the church visibly once a week and say, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, God is doing something with these people. And so we, then we have to kind of, like, lean on this trust and understanding that, like, no, the the spirit is alive and working in the church. It's just, like, in homes trying to care for kids and we can't see that or it's in yeah. hospitals caring for patients and we can't see that. Yeah. It's a crazy time where at least I, I hope that within me, it's building like a, a trust in the movement of God. That's so much bigger than um, what we can tangibly see. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Which does feel like a garden kind of experience to go back to what you said before of like, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of stuff happening beneath the surface that you can't see. Right. And then there's going to be sprouts. Yeah. That's good. I was going to ask one more question. What is important right now? 
And uh, I actually, I have a quote for this one. So I'll go first this time. Good. It's from Jack London. Uh, I just recently read... Call of the Wild? Call of the Wild, yeah. It was really good. I had planned to go watch it in a movie theater, but now that's that's off. But looks like they <laughs> mutilated that book anyway. I love that book. And I, I read it a long time ago. When I, I mean, I was probably 12 or 13, and I still remember. I, you know, just kind of you remember the impression you get from a yeah. book. Um, so I might need to revisit it. You should tell everyone, this is just going to be my PSA, reread it and ask some of the questions of like, um, what kind of master am I? Mm-hmm. And then also like asking the questions of what kind of master have I put myself under? Anyway, those are, it's, it's a great book. Everyone okay. should read it. But one of the things that Jack London said, uh, not in this book, but he says, uh, life is not always a matter of holding good cards, but sometimes playing a poor hand well. <laughs> and I think maybe for a lot of us right now, we're holding a poor hand. You know, yeah. uh, it's not a hand that we want. It's not a bunch of aces and queens it's not a lot of the same suit it's just a poor hand yeah. and and that applies for tons of life situations right yeah but but i think the wisdom of jack london likely not a follower of god while he was alive but uh is a lot of life comes down to playing a poor hand really w- as well as you can yeah that's good yeah for me it seems like what's important right now is is prayer uh, like personal, but also even corporate and not just prayer for prayer for revival, prayer for healing. You know, we've ha- have a few saints in our church who are just like, you know, like God could heal people in hospitals. <laughs> like, yeah. like, do we believe that? Or mm-hmm. do we believe in just the statistical charts? Like mm-hmm. God could cause it all to stop. Like, yeah. And, and so I think prayer seems to be like what's what's super important and even like a few weeks ago in our vision sunday in january i i not prophetically just you know i didn't really understand the weight of what i was saying but like the most we can do is all we can do which is to pray and i only kind of believe that a little bit mm-hmm. and now i'm starting to believe it a lot more <laughs> yeah that like wow uh and that i think that's the beginning of of prayer too is when we realize we're not in charge of heaven and earth. Yeah. Yeah. No. But th- those are my quick things. What are, what about you? I mean, I, I resonate with that. I, I, um, recently I was, you know, we were trying to scramble, figure out this new reality of being the church now that we have this digital diaspora reality thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just, I had a, it was like Wednesday. I, I was tired. I was about to go home and I just had this moment where I was like, okay, you're, you're missing this. And I stopped and I was about to leave and I sat back down and I wrote our, we have like 13 elder nominees that are going through like a year of training, hoping to, um, to affirm, Mm. uh, you know, at least four or five by the end of the year. And, um, anyway, but I wrote them an email and it was really an evil, you know, one of those emails really, it's kind of more for you, but it was like, um, (laughs) And I just wrote three things. I said, right now, like, what's the most strategic, what's our strategy right now, I think is what I said in the, you know, the mm. kind of in the, in the subject just to get them to pay attention. What's our strategy? And then I just wrote, pray, be present, <laughs> pay attention. Mm. Pray, be present and pay attention. And I, I really believe, and I, I totally agree with you, the prayer piece. And I, again, like we, some people have said, I've seen some significant, you know, negativity around people being expectant in this moment. They're kind of like, are you saying that fear is what's, what brings about revival? It's like, no, it's not fear, but it it is our neediness. It is like this reality that we're needy. Mm. And um, Richard Lovelace says that like pain reveals to our body that we need healing and Mm. our, our neediness should reveal to us that we need to be praying. And so we've had a lot of prayer it's just, it's teaching us to pray. So I, I think prayer is important. And I think being present right now, it's so interesting. I'm walking around um, outside, you know, six feet away from people and people are longing <laughs> for presence. Like there's, mm-hmm. we're in the Northwest and, and people 
don't do this. But right now people are looking at you, looking you in the eye and just, and mm-hmm. smiling at you. Like they're longing for presence. And I think that retreating, retreating physically, which we need to do right now, doesn't mean we can't advance like relationally with people. People are longing mm-hmm. for a relationship. And, and I know that we're, I, I told someone recently, I said, we're going to hug very differently once this is all over. Mm-hmm. Our hug will never be the same. So I do think oh, that, man. and so maybe with that is, you know, this, like pay attention also to like the longings that this is mm-hmm. producing, you know? That's good. And um, yeah, paying attention is just like, what? Just pay attention. I, mm-hmm. when, we, when we first canceled our, our first gathering, I told our staff I had been sick recently and I said, it's kind of feels like, it's kind of feels like, you know, when I was sick, it was, is because I just been going really hard for a long time. And my body was kind of like, just, I need you to lay down for a day. Mm-hmm. And that's what it kind of felt like a little bit, <laughs> but then back to your Lent comparison, I almost feel like it's more than just a, our body needs a Sabbath. It's like, we really are as a church, like experiencing this, like, like this mandated Lent where all those things that oh, yeah. normal we gave them up and it's different. Yeah. Like you already said, like it's, it, it's a very different time. It, it's Lent is a practice for a reason to, to, but it's different when it's involuntary almost, you know? So I think prayer being present with people, it's interesting that the little things, how significant they are right now, mm-hmm. just like a phone call, and a text is, yeah. is very different right now. Yeah. And maybe with that, let me just say this last, like this piece of that is really seeing, you know, this whole podcast is about like empowering the church to mm-hmm. be the people of God, you know, the, the equippers equip yeah. all people, right? This is a unique moment for that. We're like yeah. homes, the home environment is mm-hmm. the living room is is being redeemed or can be yeah you might miss yeah. that but um so really making sure that we're equipping yeah just everyday people for discipleship in their homes and and oh so good yeah it just reminds me of something that i've been trying to tell people here is that you're actually are empowered to do this you know i think yeah there's a lot of like, Hey, this is how, you know, like here's the 20 best ways to do a family devotional right now. And like, there's, there's a whole bunch of, which I think is that that a lot of it's super helpful. I'm sure we'll, we'll have a blog about that before the end of the week. (laughs) Yeah. Story of God for kids is really great. Gospel basics for kids. Those are really great resources for parents. But I think one thing I want to encourage people in is just to like, tap into like the God-given DNA that you have, like as a father to like love and disciple your kids. Like we, it's, it is, it actually is within us. Like the kingdom of God is within you. That's a, that's a great book title, good book. (laughs) And it's, and it's true. Yeah. And that, that the spirit actually is empowers us to like make that phone call, check on that person. Like you don't have to have, a platform for that. Yeah. You don't or have permission. to even, or permission. Yeah. Like the permission is like a hundred percent yours or the idea to take care for the neighbor across the street, you know, like it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's bountiful. Um, the, the, the territory in which you can roam in, you know, like uh talked with someone today who, who described that they feel psychologically claustrophobic, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Which is so real. But I think one of the one of the truths is like that there's actually a huge expanse of things that like the spirit can lead us to do in mm-hmm. this moment that that's wise and safe and caring and loving. You can follow all the CDC guidelines and the spirit of God can still empower you and bring ideas to mind to to care and love for people. It's amazing. Yeah. So pay attention to that. Yeah. Pay I like yours. Yours was good. Yours were good. Yeah. You came in good at second that time. Okay, good. Yeah. 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 See, it's a, it's, it's a, yeah. it's a home field advantage to go second. 
it really is sports analogy not gonna have those for a while uh <laughs> <laughs> we'll forget all of them we'll, have to, we will. Re- we'll, we'll have to relearn them yeah Dude, i have thought like it's gonna be so like when the nba comes back on i yeah. think it's gonna be this strange like because I've, I've thought about it like well i'd be more excited to gather with the church or more excited to watch a laker game yeah and my answer has been like genuinely like Oh, I can't wait to be with the church again and hug these people. And it's, isn't it feel yeah. like it's already been so long? <laughs> it does. It feels so long. And I mean, I was talking to one of our leaders who was like, yeah, my son learned to walk, you know, yesterday. Well, yeah. And then you're just like, well, man, by the time I see him again, he's going to be like running and jumping, you yeah. know, like it's, it's kind of wild. Yeah. 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 Well, I do think this is, is teaching us something about presence. You know, mm-hmm. and we don't realize we were made for presence. I mean, and it's a unique time where we we can be seeking after what we were redeemed for, you know, the presence of God. And he, but he's given us a gift in this in-between time mm-hmm. of experiencing that in community, like to be yeah. in with his body. And we just, so yeah, we got to pay attention to all these longings that are coming out. It's teaching us stuff about ourselves we didn't really know about. Oh, absolutely. It's such good stuff. I know you will be tweeting about the NBA quite a bit. Um, eventually. I will. It'll, it'll happen. Yeah. My, my, my heart will, will remember some of my, <laughs> some of my loves, uh, and, and good pleasures, but maybe they'll be located in the proper place. You know, there you, there I you think go. that could be a thing in the future. Dawson, thanks so much for joining me. This is such a good conversation encouraged me a ton just uh talking through this and and i think yeah maybe you know we stumbled on those questions a few minutes before we recorded so they're not (laughs) super inspired maybe but i think they are good questions to ask uh that you could ask your spouse or your roommate or your people in your community over a zoom call what is jesus teaching us right now uh where do we see the spirit working you know what's important like those are good questions uh, to ask that, that kind of help us think about Jesus, not just our circumstances. So yeah. Thanks Dawson. Yeah, I agree, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me. It's been cool to, even as we shot a few emails back and forth to, to see that the spirit really is kind of aligning our hearts into a similar place where (laughs) we realize that things we thought were important were secondary and, uh, Mm kind of just wanted to pray together. We could have just spent the whole podcast um, praying and been true to what we are kind of sensing right now. Thanks, man, for having yeah. me. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Dawson. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And yeah, make sure you continue to check uh, Saturate. We are going to begin publishing blogs and resources for this moment. So you can uh, check those out whenever you want. Thanks for listening. Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort, and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.